0: Being in the opera industry as long as I have, I've seen props people become artistic administrators or assistant stage managers become general managers of an opera company. As with any industry, titles and roles are fluid. So with that being said, have performers' egos been left at the stage door or are they running rampant throughout the opera house, including the stage? Does having a big ego help or hurt an operatic career? Editor-in-Chief Tanisha Mitchell and I discuss. Juicy Interludes, not your typical opera podcast. It may not be for everyone, but it just may be for that very one. I'm your host, Angela Renee Simpson. I'm going to relate a story. I've done Serena and Porgy and in many, many productions. But my first hire as Serena, major hire by a major company, was with Houston Grand Opera.
1: Mm, Wow.
0: and my friend I'm not going to mention his name but he, he, he has passed since he was acting as my agent for me and he helped me represented me and negotiated my contract and all this stuff and I was very very grateful to him but he wrote me a letter maybe about a month or so before now before that I was in the chorus a lot of my friends were in the chorus I was doing small roles I was singing Strawberry Woman here doing Lily here all these smaller roles And all my friends were in the chorus and blah, blah, blah. So now he sent me this letter and he said to me, he said, Angela, now you're a principal. Now you're, you're a principal. And he said, you have to carry yourself as a principal. Mm. Mm. And there's certain things that you can't do as a principal that you used to do when you were a compromario or in the chorus.
1: What are those certain things?
0: Well, he was saying you know he said a lot of your friends are going to be in the chorus in this production and you're going to be in rehearsal with them you can't hang with them like you used to you can't talk to them like you used to the management will be watching you you know the opera house will be observing how you conduct yourself and blah 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 and all this stuff he said you're a principal now you have to change you have to act accordingly And I read the letter and I called him after Hmm. I read the letter. And I called him and I told him I appreciated what he said to me. And I understand, but I'm not changing for anybody. I said, I got this role, of course, with my talent. I auditioned, I got hired, but I'm not going to, because I'm in this principal role, I'm not going to look at my colleagues who are in the chorus as less than
1: Hmm.
0: I refuse Hmm. I'm not going to do that I'm going to speak to them as I always have and I always will I said if that makes them want to fire me then I'm fired I said because I'm thinking why would I treat them any different just because my I'm a principal now as opposed to being in the chorus why would I do that but
1: I've seen that I have I've seen it but I'm just saying, and I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I would never, right. never do that to anybody
0: who's my friends or anybody who's in the chorus for that matter, and I'm not friends with them. I would never treat them less than. Me. We wouldn't have a chorus if it wasn't for Poor Game Best. The chorus is really the star.
1: I have an anecdote that I learned, and it's interesting that you brought that up now because I was thinking working, working backstage and especially. Getting the training that I did in the library, you you're meeting up with conductors, assistant conductors, members of the orchestra. You're really more in touch with them. Um, chorus, stagehands, custodians, security guards, male people. You treat everybody with the same kindness and courtesy as you would the general manager.
0: Exactly.
1: exactly. I've seen it where. If the general manager walks in the hall, all hands are on deck, but the custodian walks in the hall, you can't say hello. Good morning. Right. Exactly. And and this is, this is another thing too, that I would say to younger singers, this is from a person that works backstage. You never know where a person will be in a few years. Exactly. The opera industry, not even opera industry, the entertainment industry is small it yes one person
0: they may be in the chorus one year and then 10 years later they're the general director absolutely
1: you never know where people will be so i say you treat everybody with kindness and with respect you're not taking people home with you but at least at like what you're saying you, why would you have to change because you're principal
0: they out there there are some that do that do that they're um, out there You have people out there right now who, because now they're in principal roles,
1: their whole personality has changed. But do you think that the personality has changed because this person, and we're asking hypothetically because I'm not in the place of these people and you're not, we can only tell our stories. Do you think that this change happens because the person feels that they are important? and they have to protect themselves? Or do you think the change happens because of the things that happen to them in the industry? Or both? That may be too for either
0: of those, but I think the other thing is that they change because they think they hot shit. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it too. They think they I've all that. It. They've gone, now that they've been hired and their principals and they're getting some notoriety or, or you know, this, you know, they're on television, they've been on television, they're promoting the opera, you know, but, you know, and and I'm not saying this for everybody, I'm just going to talk yeah. about my experience, I've seen with my own eyes. i seen here, mine too, from backstage. I've seen people who have gone from certain roles and then all of a sudden they're principles and then their head explodes and they think they're all that. This does not. I'm not talking about their talent. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about their personality change. How they have treated people, people they have known for a long time. Um, it just goes out the window. You know, it it completely goes out the window. Or they feel that they don't have to talk to the minions because now they're prince. You know, they're principal. They don't have to acknowledge. You know, the help.
1: The help. I've seen that in the library. I've seen. I've seen from staff. I've right. seen that. The help.
0: Right. Exactly. It, takes a, it village. takes a village. I was about to say the same thing, it takes a village to put everything together. And I treat everybody, what the stage manager down to the, the prop people,
1: right. <laughs> everybody deserves respect. There's a lot of rich experience on stage, but there's a lot of rich experience off stage. So me, young, bright-eyed, green, Uh, When I just got to the Metropolitan Opera as an intern, I experienced seeing so many singers come in and so excited, so excited to come in and to have that opportunity to perform. You see the energy in them and you're just so happy for them, so happy. And, And I've seen this more than once. And then a few seasons later that energy is gone it's totally gone it, and there's one in particular where whatever happened to this person i guess going through auditions and the rejection and all of that stuff it changed the the enthusiasm and i it just makes me very curious because as somebody who's off stage i i'm not in the audition seat so with all of that being said one side of being bright eyed, young and happy. And then the other side and being the whole industry is changes you, for you, Angela, what for you, what's the big myth? Because lots of times I I would hope that people would, would keep that energy up of wanting to present themselves, wanting to be happy. But I have seen backstage, I've seen so much. And I think it's tied to what you expect you come into something and you expect something, and then it turns out that it's not that. I can only talk
0: about my experience. I can't, you know, I I really haven't observed a lot of things um, with other people. I can't say what their first experience was, but um, I think the the loss, like you you might, you might be right with the audition process, the the enthusiasm being lost. We spoke of this earlier about the audition process. People take it personally and and they can't it may have nothing to do with your talent or you know your ability to be that character you're trying to audition for it just may may not be the vision of the director Mm -hmm. Um, the director had a different vision who they who they wanted in that in that space um they may say they wanted the person to be five foot five and you're five foot eleven that's not going to work for them you know i think for the young people who are coming into this business if there are going to be rejections there are always going to be rejections you're not going to get hired every single time you're not going to get hired every single time um but when you do start to get hired, it will come a point if you're good it will come a point where the phone's going to ring and you don't have to audition that's the lovely part that's the lovely part but it takes time they have it takes time there's there's no you getting hired um in your first opera in your first, say, featured role or comfort Mario role and you're a star.
1: It's rare. that that
0: No, 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 that doesn't, a lot of that stuff is made up.
1: You think so?
0: Let me tell you something, a lot of this, a lot of this, you know, uh, I'm not gonna say all stories, I'm just saying a lot. A lot of it is made up. There have been stories where people have jumped in for someone and someone who was sick you know I, I know even of a story at the Tuck Awards where someone was sick and someone from the audience jumped in and sang mm-hmm. and the last you know at the last second they didn't become a star because it was it was in the paper yes they had, you know that person had 15 minutes of fame but I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say they were a star now what I'm trying to say is is that there's been years and years and years of preparation absolutely you know it's not like the movies it's not like the movies don't believe the hype it's not like the movies where you all of a sudden you because you know this and you sang it and they's like oh she's a star we're gonna use her it's not like the phantom of the opera with that you know with
1: with hollywood you've seen that a, a lot of a lot of people who are popular today are popular because of a film that they did you can remember now not saying that they did not do films before, but you have—I could think of two people, and this I know is true: Lupita Nyong'o. Twelve Years a Slave was—that was her entrance into mainstream people knowing her. Maybe her, I don't know if that was her first film. Yeah, I don't know if that was her first film. That was the entrance yes. in people, the apex of people knowing. Oh, I know who Lupita. Um, what's her name? Ariana DeBose. West Side Story, but
0: mm, okay, say it.
1: No, so, what we, I was going to say yeah. is
0: that 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 uh, Ariana DeBose may have been her first lead in a feature film. That's not her first film. It's not her first
1: film, and she was a I supporting a role. role. I think she's a musical theater baby. He, yes, but that West Side Story, that was that was the thing that her. Performing it was in that film was fabulous. She was fabulous before West Side Story, right? But that's again. what I'm saying. This goes back to so the the myth is, if a tree falls in the forest, and nobody's there to hear the sound, does it make a sound? Then think about that. So
0: you know why does it make a sound? Because we all know what the sound of a tree falls. Yes, it doesn't make a sound. There's nobody what? there to
1: hear it, but it doesn't make a sound. And the the question of if you are a young singer, you say I want to be. I want to be a star. Sometimes it is that one performance. Sometimes it is, but not saying, not negating. That's the thing, not negating the work that it took to get you there. Sometimes it is that one thing and everything lines up around the systems that we were talking about lines up.
0: Yeah, but is there that, but is that, we're talking about Hollywood. Is that story in opera?
1: That's the question.
0: Is it? I don't know of any story in opera where somebody has become a star. Overnight. One time.
1: Yes. From that one time. Well, if you look at Maria Callas, though. Maria Callis studied for years. I mean, that's what I'm saying. She studied for years, Right we all know about the weight loss. We all know about that. But we, who people, whenever I do a program for opera talks on Maria Callas, I always get this. People is who they know, who they know is Maria Callas after the weight loss yeah, with Aristotle on NASS. That's what's cemented in their mind, but not that Maria Callas, before the years and the recordings and the studying, especially with with Serafine, all of those things that she did. I think we're in a culture where it's microwavable. You see like all of this stuff up here and you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do that? There was an opera singer, I will not mention, I wouldn't name any names. And the person said, I think you would know this, that you support as many people as you can in your, uh, with your colleagues because it's so hard to garner that type of relevance and support. It's so hard to do that. What do you say to the person who's worked for years and years and years and nothing materialized as far as you are a working singer, but you don't, you don't reach the point, the pinnacle of what you think is stardom according to other people. What do you say to that person? Everybody
0: has their own definition of stardom. So what does that mean? So for some people stardom means getting hired time after time, after time, yes. after time. Different houses going flying from here to there, you know, uh, staying in this hotel, that hotel, um, you know, being uh being asked to record to make recordings, they consider that stardom. Mm-hmm. It may be, but just in the opera world, it's just in the opera in the little in the little the ecosystem of opera. You know, not world. That's not worldwide stardom. That's not that's not worldwide stardom. But do you want the question is Do you want worldwide stardom? Do you want your your name to be a household name? You want that's the question because there's certain things that have to come now for some people, for some people, getting that doing a major role for them, getting that hired, being hired to do that that major role is stardom for them. And that just may be all they want. You understand what I'm saying? And and they say, Okay, so they get they've done compromario roles, you know, this far and then boom, all of a sudden you get hired to do the role the main role of this particular opera. Right. You know? And, and you get the chance to go on stage. So for some people that that may be their defini- definition of startup. There may be some people who don't wanna be a star. They just wanna be a working singer. They wanna make enough money so they can live comfortably. And if they have a family, take care of their family. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, there's that's nothing right. wrong with it. You know, It just depends on what, what each person wants
1: for themselves in this career. That's the number one thing I it's, it's knowing what you want for yourself and being honest with yourself honest. because I've seen, because I have listened, I've seen backstage people who you I've seen it time and time again. You want one thing, but then you say you don't want it. And if you want it, you don't have to tell, it, but you have to start with, this is what I want objectively. Like what you were saying, before that I thought was a very memorable thing objectively look at it and say, this is the type of career that I desire. This is what I want. Now, what is needed for me to get that? That's the number one thing with the upcoming generation. That's what I would say, know exactly what type of career you want, know it. And if you don't want to if listen, if you don't want the pressure of doing that, like, You don't have to do it. There are many options with other careers.
0: I have always been the the type of performer. I don't care if you have problems with anybody on stage. You leave it off stage. Mm -hmm. Leave it off stage. Any animosity you have towards somebody has nothing to do with your work. Has nothing to do with your work. You leave it on, you do not bring that animosity on stage. You should be the ultimate professional, do your work, whether you have that person, you can't stand, you have to dance, you dancing with them. You have to dance with them. You have to whatever, kiss them. You have to whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. Keep it off stage. Uh, you have to be the ultimate professional. What if it happens, whatever happens off stage, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't bring it on stage. And that's been my golden rule for anything, anything whatever i have to do the audience is the is the the main focus yes yeah. for the audience i've been in situations where people have not done that i have been in situations where people have have taken whatever was off stage and brought it on stage wow and made problems for everybody problems for everybody not mm-hmm. change the blocking yes change their blocking change this change that and and made it for a a a very difficult situation and strange situation and sometimes even dangerous situation so as a singer the people who are listening young people will listen to this always be professional always and being professional doesn't mean being obnoxious Kindness kindness is professionalism kindness is professionalism look at, look at the Met, both they went from being a carpenter, a carpenter mm-hmm. on the Met <laughs> stage, to oh, being the general director,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, from the carpenter to, gen- I don't know how many the years span that was, what 10, yeah, 50, not sure. I don't know, but carpenter all the way to general director. So again, and I also live by another philosophy, the back that you stab today that's right. Say it. That, that, and I got this from Star Jones. I'm going to get it from, I'm going to call it out. I got it from Star Jones. Yes. That, that that you stabbed today is attached to the ass you may kiss tomorrow. If y'all have to go by any philosophy, go with it. This is Juicy Interludes, not your typical opera podcast with your host, Angela Renee Simpson. And remember, you don't have to listen to me, but you do have to listen to your audience.